0: Our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it?
1: Hello and welcome to episode 222 of the Red Box Report. The weekly movie podcast where we talk about all the latest DVDs and Blu rays for Redbox. I'm rehearsed Bob Fallon.
2: I'm left handed reliever Brooks Fallon.
1: Hey! hey. And this week we're going to talk about The Big Sick, uh, the newest movie that came out of Redbox, as our intro (laughs) supposed. And our top five this week will be top five movies that involve an illness. Uh, Could you get it? Because it's like sick an illness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And we'll also talk about what else we watched and of course close with our final points. So, Brooks, you're back again.
2: Yep, always enjoy being on here.
1: Getting the hang of the movie business <laughs> in the biz. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. We've already recorded one podcast tonight. Let's not procrastinate too much longer. We're going to talk about the big sick right now. The big yeah. sick is a movie. Shit, I should have kept the <laughs> plot synopsis down here. Uh, that's yes. directed it.
2: No, he did
1: not. Um, he did, no, he produced it. Oh, uh, um, big one. It was directed by Michael Sherwalter based off the true story of lead actor Kumal Nanjiani and his his uh, wife, um, Emily something. I apologize. It was played by Zoe Kazan in the movie. And the synopsis is... Pakistan-born comedian Kumail Nanjiani and grad student Emily Gardner... There you go. That's her name. ...fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. When Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Kumail finds himself forced to face her feisty parents, his family's expectations, and his true feelings. So, coming in, before we get into what we thought of the movie itself... What were you expecting? Uh, did, I know this movie got great reviews at a Sundance Film Festival. A lot of even greater buzz and reviews this summer when it came out in a kind of like a you know uh, indie release or at least like a semi-wide release. What were you expecting?
2: Well, I mean, I don't watch too much TV or anything. And I think maybe on YouTube I saw more, but I saw a preview a lot for this. I feel like And the previews i thought were really good looking and made it out to be uh a lighthearted really good movie and it was way better than i expected it to be
1: awesome yeah i uh like i said heard great things coming out of sundance and whatnot and just seemed like every review i heard was just like nuts about it and thought it was one of the best movies of the year and uh yeah it pretty much lived up to the hype i think it's it's a great film
2: yeah, I, I completely agree. It was, like I said, I thought it would be like a lighthearted comedy, but uh, the main character, Kumal, he was way different than I expected. Very smart. And,
1: have you um, seen him in anything else?
2: No, I have not.
1: I know he's in um, that HBO show about the tech people, what, Silicon yeah, Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, he's on that. I only watched a couple episodes of that, but uh, yeah, I know he's a stand up comedian. First and foremost, stand-up comedian. I know he has a couple podcasts. Like one was on the X Files, and one was the Indoor Kids. But I think they uh, stopped doing that. But I mean, I thought he was great, even if like his acting wasn't top-notch, because uh, clearly he doesn't have as much experience as some of these other people in the movie. But it was so authentic, probably because you know it's based off his life, and uh, he he wrote it so i mean he, it just came across as he has lived this experience and 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 i felt like he he embodied that
2: yeah i mean i was like you said it was very authentic and wasn't what i was expecting it was very smart very witty very real with what's with, uh the way that dealt, dealt was like the topics in the movie with the arranged marriage and all that
1: yeah, absolutely. And just off the bat, I want to say this is based off a true story. I don't feel like we should have to beat around the bush. We can go right into spoilers. So, yeah. I mean, the fact that he wrote this movie with his wife, Emily Gardner, <laughs> kind of tells, gives it away in and of itself. So, yeah. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Uh, he. It's basically. I thought it was going to be more of a straight comedy coming in, and it's yeah, definitely we do. definitely more of like a, a drama dramedy. It's like a romantic comedy that has a lot more serious moments than I was expecting. But I don't say that as a bad thing. I actually think that probably made it even better, in my opinion, because I really connected with these characters and I was really rooting for them the whole way through. Like I was rooting for her to pull out of her coma, even though in the back of my mind, I knew she did like the connection with the characters was strong enough that I was hoping she'd wake up and I'd hope they'd end up together in the end. And, uh, what about you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. It was the way it kind of like comes full circle and it was a very real story, it like pulled on your heartstrings as much as like a comp, kind of like a dramedy could, like you said. And I really enjoyed it. It was it definitely far but
1: uh, surpassed my
2: expectations
1: did you buy into the relationship between kumail and emily itself
2: oh for sure i i thought it was great i mean it was a little bit rushed at the beginning like how they i mean it goes through like them getting serious pretty quickly but then they break up and
1: you know what i mean yeah i liked how i mean i guess it kind of had to do that because obviously the meat of the story was going to be later when she's actually in her coma. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that it did. It is fairly straightforward romantic comedy when you take away the coma part. But I do like how they did little things like they broke up. They actually broke up and stayed broke up till the very end of the movie because she was in a coma.
2: Yeah, and like I said, it comes full circle, how they met and how they get back together.
1: And really... One of my favorite parts of the movie is the fact that he goes from... It's a relationship movie. First half, or the first act, is his relationship with her. And then the majority of the movie is about his relationship with her parents. Yeah, yeah. Holly Hunter and Ray Romano were both fantastic as the parents. Ray Romano especially. I love that guy. I loved him in Men of a Certain Age he's just a really underrated actor. I wish he would be in more things because he's able to play serious and funny at the same time. Very well.
2: Yeah. I thought he was fantastic in this movie. And like you said, your favorite part. I mean, I liked the whole movie, but, uh, knowing I was coming on here to do this movie with you, this like made my, it my favorite part even more when they're sitting in the waiting room, looking up, uh, stuff on the internet. And Ray Romano, he was, uh, Kamal says like, look at the comments and, Ray Romano says, that's why I don't like going on the internet. You look at Forrest Gump, nobody likes Forrest Gump. It's the greatest movie of all time. (laughs) And I I know you don't feel very strongly about Forrest Gump, and it's like one of my favorite movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like Forrest Gump. Don't get me wrong. I think it's overrated. Yeah. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of funny moments with uh, Ray Romano and him, like when he's just sleeping over at his house, and he's like giving way too much information about his relationship with his wife, how about yeah. how he cheated on her, he just keeps going on and on and on yeah, but, he uh, says he cheated on her and he's just like oh god <laughs> Yeah. like I do not need to be hearing this about my yeah. ex-girlfriend's parents' relationship, but yeah and even in the cafeteria when he's like, you know I've always wanted to talk about 9-11 with people <laughs> he's like, you never talked about 9-11 with anybody he's like, well, you know, he's like, well, we lost 25 of our best men that day. (laughs) (laughs) Like, breaks the tension a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought that um, it was really cool how they didn't want anything to do with him at first, especially the mom. And he's just able to, you know, because he shows that he really... Even though he's not with her anymore, he wants to stay there, at the hospital, wait for. Her Cause he feels, I guess, kind of bad. Obviously, yeah. And...
2: I mean, you could understand their viewpoint. They had never even met him, and just kind of met him through that. He had signed the papers to put him in the, her in the coma. And you could definitely understand why they came
1: with that viewpoint at the beginning, but then it grows on them. Yeah, and by the end, like they're in love with him, right, basically. And she's like, no, I don't know. I don't know if if it's going to work. Yeah. I thought that was a nice twist as well. For sure. But really, the thing that I love about this movie is the thing that I I just love about movies in general is when you're able to get a viewpoint, get a different perspective on life than just what you're used to. I like getting insight into other cultures how they handle situations just their way of life i don't know i just feel like it's a cool way and maybe it's i mean it's still a movie scripted movie so it's not like it's a documentary but i just like seeing things through the eyes of people that are not like me and movies allow you to do that and this is another movie that did that in a big way
2: yeah for sure and especially when it comes from getting really invested in the characters and um being really interested, like you said, in their viewpoint because you're so invested in their characters and they tell their side so well through that kind of portal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it actually, this, this movie reminded me a lot of master of none, the Netflix show with uh, Aziz Ansari. Have you seen it?
2: No, I've not. He's
1: a very (sighs) funny guy though. I would highly recommend you watch that show. There's only two seasons. Uh, it just gets better and better as it goes on, but it's again, it's, uh, kind of similar in just you know his background and and his way of life the way he was raised and with his religion and all and i liked how they got into these aspects like the arranged marriage and the religion just give you a view of what's that like and and he's completely americanized and at one point in the movie he's like well why did you bring me here if you just wanted me to do all the old you know stuff from back home like what was yeah, the point yeah it's very- big culture clash yeah and i i just liked how you know it gives you can kind of see both pr- perspectives both sides of the story how you know it's worked for them so they want this to happen but he's like they're like time to pray and he goes downstairs and plays games yeah. on his phone Put the timer the, on, yeah. yeah and as a non-religious person myself i kind of can relate with that and you just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings so you kind of go along with the charade thought that was pretty Yeah, neat. for sure. I mean, you could tell
2: he loves his family, and, like, he didn't want to tell his family or introduce her because he didn't want to lose his family. You could see the both sides of it.
1: Yeah, and I can completely relate with, like, being in a situation where, you know, you don't agree with, I don't know, where I want to get from this, like, you know, you love, say, you love your girlfriend and you love your mom, but yeah. you're not sure they'll get along, so you kind of put off having them meet for a long time and it's like it's creates tension but really you mean the best but it probably is the wrong thing to do like i don't know it's kind of relatable in a roundabout way for sure
2: yeah yeah. i mean you can even if they do meet you keep them separate for
1: right majority kind of i have this i have a bad habit where i kind of like segregate my relationships where it's like yeah, I or for a while, when I had my wife, Sam, before we were married. It's like, I want to go hang out with my friends, with just my friends, and I want to yeah. hang out with her without, like, when really, you know, you should try to probably, you know, get everybody together or at least not be yeah. have any barriers there.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's too uncommon either. I think that's pretty, a lot of people deal with those kind of things, and I think that's what made this movie even more better and really hit
1: home. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, the arranged marriage thing was, was interesting. There was actually some pretty good looking girls that, you know, and seemed pretty cool. Like, the one I thought was a pretty good fit, but it's just he didn't want to be put in that situation, and neither would I. But,
2: yeah, the girl he takes home and just says, hey,
1: I'm not into it. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised because she seemed, uh, hey, if you don't want her, man, I'll take yeah, you. Yeah, he goes and something else. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh what did you think of the whole way that they showed like his stand-up and his job like i thought that was that was pretty good it wasn't my favorite part of the movie but i thought they did a good job of showing him uh you know how he has his friends in the stand-up community and the struggle yeah. of that struggle to trying to make it in that field like i feel like yeah, that they- was gotten across pretty well
2: it was really weird because he told me about the podcast and this movie, so I watched the movie for the podcast. About a week before that, the guy that, the one white guy that's his friend, his name's like Bo Dunham or something like that. He's a real stand up comedian. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's like pretty famous for like taking hecklers on and just ruining them. But I was, it was just like weird how I'd, I'd come across him on YouTube, and then a week later, he was in this movie. But uh, I thought, like, the way they portrayed the stand-up in the movie was pretty terrible. The stand-up was not good, at least no. in the movie, I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of it was okay. But, yeah, I agree. And I think that was kind of intentional. Like, I feel like it was to show the struggle and, like, not getting a great response. And, of course, the one scene when he kind of just goes off on a rant and they, it shows up on YouTube as, like, the biggest bombing of all time.
2: It was that his audition I think
1: yeah his audition for yeah. Montreal comedy festival or whatever yeah yeah um yeah I don't know what else um, I like that he was the uber driver. that was a pretty good punchline when that he... was yeah that was <laughs> hilarious
2: and that was it was there was like a few things in the preview that are always in movies like that where they like the big like the girl with the x-files at the first dinner
1: yeah the trailer I I' re it Before we started, just to kind of... Because it's been a few weeks since I watched the movie to kind of get reacquainted. I'm like, man, they put a lot of the funniest stuff in the trailer. That's a shame. Yeah, But yeah, like, uh, it's okay. We hate terrorists. When he says, you're dating a white girl? What? Yeah, right. (laughs) With his brother. I actually liked his relationship with his brother a lot, too. I mean, it wasn't a big part of the movie, but especially by the end, it just seemed like... They were able to, he was able to talk to his brother in a different way than the rest of his family.
2: Yeah, it was like the middle of the road kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Between the
2: absolute, like, religious, strict living and the way, like you said, he's Americanized and it's difficult. But he was, like, right in the middle and could understand both sides.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else. How about you?
2: I mean, all in all, I thought it was a great movie. Like I said, like how he meets the girl Emily is she heckles him not even really heckles him in the beginning yeah but that's how they get to start talking and then like I said like a full circle she heckles him at the end and that's
1: kind of how they get back together I suppose yeah that was pretty good pretty clever yeah bookends yeah it was good I uh really enjoyed the movie comedies are always harder to talk about the dramas because you know it's either like you thought it was funny or you didn't and-
2: but yeah, I, this was kind of like, it was, it was definitely had some drama aspects to it. And all in all, I thought it was a great movie.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I just uh, appreciate everything it brought to the table. Lived up to the hype. I'm going to give it a light 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say about eight, 8, maybe even a 9. I'm going to go with a 9 out of 10. All right, I love
2: it. For, for, for the character, I mean, for the characterization of the movie, the genre, the main character, Kamal, is way more than I expected. It's definitely like layers to his personality and his jokes and I was definitely impressed Ray Romano was outstanding Emily was uh great what was her name Zoe
1: Zoe Kazan and I feel like we're giving Holly Hunter short shrift because she was pretty great as well as the mom
2: oh yeah for sure I I thought she was great too I mean
1: and really I even liked um Kumail's uh his, his parents like that scene towards the end when you know he His mom, quote-unquote, disowns her, him. Yeah. And then that whole talk he has with his dad, I thought that was really well done.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really not too many shortcomings when it comes to this movie. No, not at all. Like I said, for the genre, it's I think it's an outstanding movie. I'm going to give it a 9
1: out of 10. Awesome. Yeah, I would definitely recommend anyone check it out. For sure. All right, so speaking of illnesses, let's get to our top five movies involving... Sickness, disease, illness—whatever you want to constitute it. Uh, did you have a hard time with this? How did you? How did you attack putting this list together?
2: Uh, I mean, I didn't really have a hard time. I already knew what my number one movie was going to be, which we'll get to. But there's a bunch of movies I realize now that you could put it in. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like I feel like I definitely missed some really good ones, and there's some that I haven't seen that I know are great movies.
1: Like but, the question uh, that you you messaged me, was like, are we counting mental illness, right? Yeah, and yeah, because you just
2: said movies that deal with illness. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense and I said, yeah, of course and then as I'm looking, I'm like, man, there's a lot of movies that can be considered mental illness. Yeah. And, uh, so I kind of, I didn't rule it out but at the same time, I tried to mix it up a bit and I didn't want to have like the same movies that it always that always have and a lot of top five. so I kind of, Try to go with movies that weren't in my top 100 of all time and put them, some of them as like my uh, honorable mentions. But I try to go a little bit outside the box and mix it up a little bit with my top five.
2: For sure. And I ask you that because, like, if you, when you talk about movies that deal with illness, if you're not talking about mental illness, you're basically talking about movies that deal with cancer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. (laughs) What's your number five?
2: My number five is going to be starting off with one of the mental illness, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, the novel is written by Ken Kesey, one who flew over the Cuckoo nest.
1: Yep, I Kesey. knew that was going to be on your list. I figured that was what the question was about. Yeah, um, it's I an mean, honorable, honorable mention for me. It's in my top fifty of all time, I believe.
2: It's, I mean, it's an incredible movie. It's so powerful. It's so it's funny. It's it's. Dramatic, it, it's it's everything all in one. It's it's a it's an outstanding. Like you said, it's one of the best movies of all time.
1: Yeah, it's an all time classic, no doubt about it. So can't argue with that choice. Jack Nicholson at his peak for sure. So uh, David Devito, yeah, um, guy from Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yep,
2: yep. Big Indian guy. I don't know what his name is.
1: Yeah, but he's pretty great <laughs> as well. Yep. Um, my number five is. Finally, my only one with mental illness. It's a Beautiful Mind, starring okay. Russell Crowe. Have you seen it?
2: I have not. I know it's a very good movie, though.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It's this genius who also has mental illness involved to kind of counteract. That's that.
2: a true story, right?
1: Yeah, it's John Nash. Is it? I mean, I feel like they sugarcoated it in the movie. Even I yeah. do love the movie. I don't know about love. It's been a while, but I do like the movie. But I know. Like, there's some definite negative qualities to this guy's character that they kind of gloss over a bit, which is a shame. But for what's on screen, it's a pretty good depiction of what's going on. And I don't remember it, like, tremendously. Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember enjoying it quite a bit. He's a mathematician. Yeah, he's a mathematician, and he's, like, going crazy, but at the same time, he's, you know, putting in good work. And, uh... I feel like this was around the same time as Cinderella Man. So that was a pretty good one-two punch for Russell Crowe.
2: Yeah. Uh, my number four is going to be Silver Lining Playbook. There with, you go. With uh, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. It's an incredible movie. Uh, Robert De Niro. With some heavy hitters for sure in that movie. Christopher it's Tucker. An incru- <laughs> Who? Chris Tucker. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's an incredible movie. Yeah, I
1: like
2: it way that. The way Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence's characters bounce off each other, it's it's really incredible movie. Robert De Niro, even. I mean, it, there's so many layers to each character, and the same, there's funny aspects, there's dramatic aspects. It was, it's it's really, really good movie.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It was one of my favorite movies of that year. I want to say it was 2012, but uh, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's a great movie. My number four is a really depressing movie that... It, it's not like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's not amazing by any means, but it is a brutal look at a very... One of the scariest diseases out there uh, with Alzheimer's. It's still Alice, where Julianne Moore... It's only a few years ago. Julianne Moore plays a a woman who, who gets Alzheimer's disease. And she slowly starts losing her memory and it just does a great job of like showing the effects of this awful awful disease that my uh, great grandfather on my mom's side had and I can barely remember it growing up that you know he was in a some kind of place I don't know is a hospital wherever they they keep Hospitals or something yeah yeah and uh yeah I don't know it's just freaking brutal when she starts not being able to remember where the bathroom is, so she pisses herself, or not remembering her her daughter, and it's like, oh my God, that has to be the worst thing in the world to get. And it just does a really great job of depicting that, and Julianne Moore rightfully won uh, Best Actress, I believe, that year. It's a great performance, and a good movie. Yeah, I mean, this didn't make my
2: list, but another thing that deals with Alzheimer's and hopeful. Right.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'd say still but, Alice is a... Much better. I've never seen it. Yeah. Much, uh, (laughs) I love Ryan Gosling, but yeah, I don't like the notebook.
2: You don't like it now? No. It's a classic in that genre, I
1: think. Yeah, certainly it's notebookable, notable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, my number three is going to be an older, I mean, not that older to me, I guess, a walk to remember. Do you see this?
1: No. What is this?
2: Uh, Manny Moore. I forget the guy's name.
1: Robert Redford? No. God,
2: okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looks like the Bleed Singer of Sum 41. I don't know his name. but
1: It's <laughs> definitely not Robert
2: Redford. <laughs> <laughs> but Manny Moore plays... Okay. Okay. It's, it's a romantic movie. I remember watching it when I was young, young with my mom. I mean, it was like a Hollywood movie, but they used to play it on like, Lifetime and stuff. And I just remember watching it a bunch of times with my mom. And this, Manny Moore gets leukemia, I believe. And Oof. It's a teen romantic movie where, uh, I forget the guy's name. So the guy's name, the guy's the main character. Landon? Yeah, maybe, I'm not sure. Shane he, he's West. Like the, he's like the bad boy. I just looked she's it like up. like the good girl.
1: Huh? I looked it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. What's the name?
1: Shane West is the actor and Landon Carter is the character.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, like, the bad boy, and she's the good girl, and they fall in love, and she gets leukemia. And I'm a sucker for, like, teen coming-of-age movies.
1: Yeah, I liked the coming-of-age genre as well.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, it's an outstanding movie. I think it came out, like, 2000 or 2002 in that area.
1: Yeah, it looks like 2002. So, good call yep. there. And my number three is something a little more wide-scale. When it comes to illness, it's contagion. Uh, okay. This have you seen it? Yeah. No. Steven Soderbergh movie where it's about a virus that spreads across the world and takes out a huge chunk of the population. It's basically like a epidemic movie. Uh, you know, it was like right in the height of the H one. H1Z1 is that what it was uh, the swine yeah. the swine flu scare it was like right in the midst of that I believe and uh, it's got Matt Damon Gwyneth Paltrow great cast I think Michael Pena but uh, one of the most memorable things is when Gwyneth Paltrow is married to Matt Damon and and she gets it and she like she dies horribly I'll just spoil it right away and <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got Kate Winslet in here as well It basically tackles it from a bunch of different perspectives. Like, I think Matt Damon, he, like, can't get it. Like, maybe he's immune to it. That might be the thing. And Kate Winslet is, like, a scientist who's trying to figure out a cure before it spreads too far. And, like, just a bunch of different perspectives. And it's scary. Again, it's like, uh, you know, seems pretty realistic about how something like this could happen. And it's really well-made, really good movie. Again, not amazing but
2: certainly worth watching. Yeah. Uh, My number two is a freaky movie. It's uh, lots of twists and turns, a lot of debate on how it really turns out to be. Uh, Bart Scorsese, movie, Shutter Island.
1: Oh, yes. Love that movie.
2: Oh, my God. it's, It's a crazy, crazy movie. There's so many twists and turns, and you don't even really know exactly what... Going on, you really like to draw your own conclusions. There, most
1: yeah, I supportive. love the ending, I love the ambiguous ending. I definitely have my take that I won't give away, but you it could go a, a few ways, a few different ways, yeah, for sure. And I like that
2: about it, it definitely made the movie all that much better. But it was outstanding. It's it's, it's really, really good. movie I actually haven't seen it in a while. I want to watch it again, yeah. I, I need oh, to
1: rewatch it. It's just Scorsese. Peak Scorsese. I mean, all is basically peak Scorsese, but it's so yeah. well-made. It's so beautiful to look at. Um, the acting is incredible. I love the setting. Every Everything about it, it's, it's so underrated.
2: For sure. There's so many different, different things going on as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great choice. Uh, my number two is a, a completely different type of illness. It's alcoholism. We're oh, talking really? about leaving Las Vegas. Starring Nicolas Cage. Have you seen that?
2: I have not, but it's Nicolas Cage.
1: I don't like sound better. Oh, well, this is. You don't know Nicolas Cage. Like, about, I don't know, five, ten years ago, somewhere in that range, I had the same idea as Nicolas Cage as you. Terrible actor, always in terrible movies. I mean, he's had a few good ones, but. But then there was a period that he was, like, one of the best actors in the world. And Leaving Las Vegas is in the peak of that. Um, He was also... I don't want to have to Google his Wikipedia or whatever, but just trust (laughs) me, like, uh, adaptation, um, that Kellan Brothers movie, that uh, he steals a baby, I can't remember the name of, like, Leaving Las Vegas might be what's that... I try not to watch *Nicholas Cage movies. You gotta watch this one. I think it's really, really good. It's a really dark movie. It's messed up. But he's a... Uh, yeah, he's an alcoholic and he's in Vegas. And it's... Maybe... I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't recommend it because it is pretty damn dark. But... Uh, no, I mean,
2: it's a good movie. It's a good
1: movie. Yeah. It's... uh I don't know. It's It's been a while since I watched it but I remember... Being blown away by it when I watched it uh, a few years back. And uh, yeah, great Nicolas Cage performance, which can be rare.
2: Yeah. Well, he it was in Warlords or whatever it was called. Outstanding movie.
1: Yeah, Matchstick Men. Uh, uh, kick ass. Go ahead. Like I was
2: saying earlier, I am a complete sucker for uh, coming of age movies. And so my number one is The Fault in. The fault in our stars
1: The fart in our stars. <laughs> the fault. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. It's uh it's corny, but it's effective. I, I loved it. I, I don't know. Maybe it was like the time and
2: place I was at when I first saw it. It's always like kinda had a little bit of a special place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen see it a few it. times now I'm, I, I I think I've said this before on this podcast. I love Charlene Woodley. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought she did a great performance in this movie. I thought it was powerful. Didn't expect it to turn out the way it did with uh, her boyfriend passing away first. And uh, I, I absolutely loved everything about the movie. Like I I prefaced with that with saying that, like I said, I'm a sucker for this coming-of-age movies.
1: Yeah. Um, no, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I, I got something out of it. I just felt like it was so like they're just trying so hard to bring those tears to your eyes and it kind of works so i definitely at least because when i watched it i think Mackenzie was two or three and it was like you can see it from the kids perspective and the parents perspective of how hard that would be so yeah for sure it got me even if i didn't think it was a Great movie overall. It, it was effective. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I, like I said, I thought Charlene Woodley was great. Ansel, oh, yeah. Ansel Yeah, he was great. I thought her mom was outstanding. Even her dad.
1: Yeah, it's true. There's no doubt about it. His performances were pretty good. Um, have you seen Me, Earl and the Dying Girl?
2: That's actually one of my honorable mentions, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. See, I thought that was more effective. Like, I really bought in with that Rachel character in that movie. Yeah,
2: I, that was a really good movie. I actually call that out for one flir. That's effort. I was forgetting about that.
1: All right. Cool. Yeah, my number one is again something a little more different. It's the Diving Bell and the Butterfly from 2007. This is a where is it from? It's a foreign film, foreign language film from. I think it's French. I think it's a French film based off a true story about a, a uh, editor-in-chief for a French fashion Bible, L Magazine. He's the editor-in-chief of L Magazine, the, the fashion magazine. And he had a stroke. And it was like a question of whether he would survive or not. And when he finally woke up from his stroke, literally the only way he could communicate was via blinking one eye. And so basically the whole movie is from his perspective of having the stroke and trying to get back to recover and the painstaking process that it was. And the person who adapted his story figured out a way for him to write his like autobiography with this system that she invented with him blinking like one for A, two for B like just so That's much insane. to it yeah it's insane story it's really sad and but it's also kind of like uh, inspirational as well there's this guy yeah, had an powerful. incredible willpower and a uh, fight to survive and live so yeah great movie check it out if you dare <laughs> <laughs> the yeah I've got, got the,
2: two more uh, honorable mentions Little Miss Sunshine okay yeah That's an
1: incredible movie
2: um with Charlie Day and- I was really surprised I I'd seen that. I didn't see that when it first came out it took me years to see that and I was really
1: wait 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 Charlie Day's not in he's not uh, yeah. Uh, yeah you're right Jed, so. uh, Carell Steve Carell
0: yeah yeah Steve Carell he
1: that. does kind of have the Charlie Day beard in that though
2: yeah yeah I was looking <laughs> at the picture here and I don't know why Charlie Day came to mind but yeah big? I didn't see that for years after it came out and everybody was telling me to see it and I finally did it's a really good movie yeah it is it is
1: but uh, then Memento also. Yep, is a classic. Uh, I've got Philadelphia. Tom Hanks gets AIDS, and Denzel Washington is his lawyer as his job fires him just for getting AIDS. Um, Take Shelter is a mental illness one. Uh, Michael Shannon is a guy who dreams that, like, the end of the world is coming, this storm to end all storms, and he starts, like, sac... Like, Basically, ruining his own life by building a awesome like bomb shelter to hide out in for when this prepper thing comes. Yeah, uh, The Shining. Oh, a little yeah. bit of uh, <laughs> cabin fever.
2: Now that you mention AIDS, you got to throw in Texas Club.
1: Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little overrated, but it's a solid movie. I liked it. I liked
2: it. I think but... Conner and Jared Lee never
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, Black Swan. Again, mental illness. My favorite Darren Aronofsky movie. Um, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. So Can't
2: have this list without
1: that at all No, you can't. You really can't. Alright, let's uh, get into what else we watched. What do you got for me? Um,
2: I've watched a bunch of comedies lately. I watched uh, The Vacation, the new Vacation movie with uh, Ed Helm. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty good. What did you think about it? Uh, I hated it. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I watched it on TV, and I was just like, came here from the bar, I was a little buzzed, I watched it, so I was <laughs> laughing a little bit, not
1: to enjoy it. No, don't get me wrong, I feel like Joel liked it a little bit more than me when we reviewed it. It's just, I don't know, I feel like comedies these days, it's tough. I feel like there hasn't been a great comedy in so long, and it's so cheap and... Yeah, it was like definitely lowest common, that, though, like lowest common denom- denominator. Humor. Yeah, it gets real stale at some points when in the bits. Yeah.
2: But uh, then I watched uh, Take Him to the Greek, or Get Him to the Greek.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's like the spiritual sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, 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 I guess so. How, how is it the spiritual sequel to that? Because it's the same characters from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The Russell Brand character,
0: uh, the Jernah Hill
1: character, I think is a different Jernah Hill character, but Russell Brand is the same same guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, one of the greatest comedies of the two thousands.
2: Yeah, I know I've seen that, but it's been a long
1: time. I uh, my favorite part. I feel like I'm getting that mixed
2: up with Knocked
1: Up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the, in the same brand. I loved the part when Paul Rudd. His cameo is this, like, sterner surfer guy. He's like, the weather outside is weather. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, Get Under the Greek was funny as crap. I watched it with my dad. My dad was laughing so hard.
1: It's pretty funny, he, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I thought uh, Puff Daddy or Sean Coons, whatever you want to call him, was outstanding in it. Too. Yeah,
1: he stole the show.
2: Um, other than that, I've... I rewatched watched uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson. The whole thing? Yeah. Wow.
1: Nice. Yeah. It's,
2: I, I love it, man. I thought David Swimmer was great in that. Uh, keep it Good in Junior. You've seen it, right?
1: Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, I love it. You're your good girl. Your girl's actually good in it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, I, thought,
2: I just thought everybody in it was very good. I was, uh,
1: Not the biggest I, Travolta I, guy.
2: John Travolta is not very good
1: at anything. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think Cuba Gooding Jr. is terrible in the show.
2: Uh, yeah, I thought it was a little bit over the top.
1: I think he's the worst part of the show. Yeah. I Which is kind of crazy, but it's not really about his character, even though it's so weird. Like, the, the show is clearly about his character. It's named after him, but the best parts of the show are O.J. Simpson. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't really like Cuba and very much at all. I thought he was terrible in American Horror Story last season.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. hes I don't know. He was good at one time, right? Or maybe we are just thinking he was.
2: I, I haven't seen anything that would make A Few crazy. Good
1: Men, a Radio.
2: Radio, he was good in the radio. I like that movie.
1: Alright, is that all you got for me?
2: Yeah, like I said, I mean, I binge-watched that whole series, and I've seen a few movies on TV here and there.
1: Cool. All right, well, I got some stuff. I got three movies, two TV shows. All right. All right, so I talked about a few weeks back how I signed up for MoviePass. Have you heard of this? You were here? Is it like
2: Gamefly or? No, this
1: is a subscription service, which they just lowered their price to $10 a month, you're going to want to get it once uh, I tell you what it is. It's, uh, you get a card in the mail. It's like a little MasterCard credit card type thing. You download the app, MoviePass. For $10 a month, you can see up to one, one movie a day. You can't see the same movie twice. As many movies as you want. In theaters. See that sounds. In They're theaters. in theaters? In theaters. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you go to the movies. How do they pull that off? Uh, well, they're paying full price for every ticket, but you just pay them ten dollars a month, and they give you this card, and you use this card, and it charges them for the price of the movie. So one movie is more than the price of a month. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. It's new. They just dropped their prices. It was thirty dollars a month until they changed their ownership, and they just dropped it to ten dollars a month. But, um, see that
2: sounds absolutely fantastic, but I have a terrible habit of falling asleep. Oh, me, really? So if, could, so if you couldn't replay the same movie, I mean, it it is a great deal. But like I said, I I, I always fall. Asleep. It took me two or three watches to see the big sick I watched Big yeah. Boys.
1: Yeah, for some reason, and it's not like, because
2: the movies are bad. It's just how I am.
1: Yeah, that happens like, to me more at home. Like in a the theater, I tend to stay awake. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I
2: don't fall asleep in theaters.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah so so you go to the amc Lowe's on monday and see a movie there then you can go over to faustin on tuesday it doesn't matter like most theaters not so you
2: you take the card to the movie
1: yes to the yeah, movie no, i thought
2: you were like did it online like put your credit card number online nope
1: that get,
2: it's crazy it's That's
1: crazy even more deal. crazy you can like literally every day go to see a different movie. The only rules that you can't see the same movie twice, and it's only one movie a day, and it does, you can't see three D or IMAX with it. But other than that, you, the reins are off. So I just, I, I I'm gonna get that. Yeah, I don't go
2: to the movies anymore
1: because it's so expensive. All you have to do is go once a month, and it's paid for itself. I know. I mean, that's awesome. And yeah, for you, like. You know, you need something to do. Literally, ten dollars a month, you can go to the movie theater every single day.
2: <laughs> I don't even think you can get. I mean, movie tickets are like eleven or twelve bucks.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's one crazy. one movie is more expensive than the monthly fee. Uh, MoviePass.com. Where's my check for advertise? Yeah,
2: right. I was gonna say that
1: sounded like a paid advertisement. <laughs> I mean, it's so good. I'm in. I'm in love with it. I just got it this week. I've already used it twice. I saw uh, on Tuesday was mine and my wife's seven-year wedding anniversary, and we went out to dinner and a movie. I bought my ticket with my movie pass, so and we bought hers, you know, like normal, so. Yeah. And we saw It, the movie It, in theaters.
2: To, before I ask you how it was, seven years, that's crazy. I was your best man. It seems like yesterday.
1: I know. It is pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah. It was, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We made it this far. Seven-year itch. Could be tough to get through, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm about that, how'd you like it? It was really good, actually. Yeah, I liked uh, it. You you saw it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Not
2: quite uh, in theaters, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot, actually. Um, I think I I've liked it less. Like, okay, so the other movie I used Movie password, for was Mother. Uh, a couple days later, and I, I, I'm only saying both now because it I came out of feeling. Like, oh, that was really good. I really, really liked that. But then yeah over time, it was kind of like the the negatives kind of stuck out more than the positives. And I it just wasn't sticking to me. as It wasn't maturing well in my mind, if that yeah. makes sense. Whereas Mother was a movie I came out of. I was like, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. It's a lot to process. But that has only gone up and up and up in my mind. So... Coming out of the theater, I, w- I really liked it quite a bit. thought it would be like an 8 out of 10. I think it's down to like a just a solid 7.5 out of 10 for me right now. Uh, I th- really like the kids. The kids, uh, I love the whole, everything about the kids. It was like a coming-of-age tale. It was basically Stranger Things, you know?
2: It yeah, was, that's what I was about to say that, like the kids from Stranger Things, I thought was outstanding in that. And it really is made me more excited. The new season
1: of Stranger Things. Yeah, I really I like the girl to play Beverly a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the kids were great. I thought uh, Pennywise was great. I thought the guy oh, that, I thought he, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, Bill Skarsgard was so good in that. And uh Yeah, I he was great. So I just wish there was more of Pennywise. I felt like this was See, Kerry Fukunaga is a great director, the guy that did Beast of No Nation. And, he only and, ended up producing it, right? Yeah, I would just really love to see his version of it. I feel like as much as I like this, I would have loved his. Because Annie Maschietti, who did, I don't know if I pronounced his last name right, but he did the movie Mama. And this felt like it kind of had similar problems to that movie where its it's very by the book. And like, I don't know. Cheap scares, kinda.
2: Some of them, yeah. Some of them, I thought
1: were. And it out felt there. like rushed, even though it's a long movie. I feel yeah, like there two was hours, I think. too many kids. Like I, I don't know. I don't think the kids got enough. Like I wanted more of everything.
2: Yeah, like, I, I agree. Want... I thought, but I, like you were saying, I thought uh, Pennywise was great because in the original, he's like when he's like enticing the kids, he's very normal and then turns into like a monster and yeah this yeah. version pennywise you can see the craziness coming trying to seep through while he's trying to stay
1: you yeah i Tyson. like i like that a lot i don't want to get too much into it cuz i'm sure we'll review this movie when it comes out yeah. on redbox but the, the last thing i'll say is like the negatives that stuck out was that first opening scene is so good with georgie so, in the sewer yeah. but it sets up this danger Of Pennywise and how you know deadly he is and then he never kills another person (laughs) for the rest of the movie like spoiler alert shit
2: I mean he does but doesn't on the film really
1: right it just seems like he has every opportunity to kill these kids and and I mean there are certain times when it makes sense and sometimes where it doesn't and again these are more nitpicks than anything like the stuff with the Abusive father, um, sexually abusive father. I feel like it was over the top. It was apparently very, they cut out
2: like a whole scene of him like getting not, very abusive. Not that.
1: not that I want to see more. Not that I. No, no, more. no. But, but
2: it, it, like you said, it's already over the top. They were playing it first. just
1: seemed like a little cartoonish in a way. Yeah, and the stuff with Mike, the racism stuff, was so underplayed that it almost does a disservice to that aspect of the story in my opinion
2: yeah yeah and like you said let's not get too much until we sort it but yeah
1: but overall
2: seeing that 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 first scene in this movie and in the original it's one of the most iconic scenes i
0: think
1: yeah for sure and they do it really well and i do like the movie overall i would recommend it i think it's worth seeing uh the kids are great the clown is great so yeah we'll get into it more a few months down the line i'm sure absolutely but speaking of Mother, the other movie I saw uh, was Darian Aronofsky's latest with Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Ed Harris. Now this <laughs> will be an interesting review down the line.
2: Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't
1: even heard of it. Uh, yeah, this is a movie where Jennifer Lawrence plays the titular mother in the in the title, and basically, it's the story of her and Javier Bardem, who live in this mansion that she's renovated. She and he's like a a genius poet writer, and it's about them trying to live in this house as she rehabs it, and he he has writer's block, and then all of a sudden, Ed Harris shows up one day and unannounced, and It kind of goes from there where more and more people show up and it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. It's really advertised as like this psychological horror or psychological thriller. Yeah,
2: what is the premise for them showing up if that doesn't give too much away? Yeah,
1: I don't even think I should say (laughs) until our review. Like, on one sense, I don't think you can spoil this movie because it's pure allegory. It's completely allegorical. Like, everything is an allegory and it just makes you think about what this means. What does this mean? Yeah. Like there's not really a logical plot to the movie, but I kind of loved it. Yeah. I kind of really, really dug it. Uh, not my favorite of his movies, but like I said, it just, it makes you think so much. And I've more than any movie of recent time, or at least the past few months or this year, I've enjoyed listening to podcasts and reviews about this movie, just hearing other people's theories and opinions and it just I love movies like that where the more I hear people talk about it, the more it makes me think about the movie and it it just goes up and up in my estimation, like I said. Absolutely. Coming out of it, I probably would like it coming out of both it and mother, I probably would have said I liked it more. But now really? like Mother's like my fifth or sixth favorite movie of the year and it stuck with you more yeah i want to see it again just to verify the change in opinion but yeah man i can't wait to talk about it so much biblical yeah. allegory so much like there's so much to it even though it's like this crazy weird movie that has an f cinema score it's one of 12 movies to get an f cinema score so people, people either love it or hate it i am on the positive side
2: See, I won't even. I don't even go online and look at Rotten Tomatoes or well, scores like
1: that Critically, it's more done f- fairly well. Like critically, I mean, it's definitely divisive with the critics as well. But it's got a 67, percent I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. The F Cinema score is just opening night audiences. You know, your randoms like, and they're usually always lenient on these movies. That's why only 12 movies have ever gotten an F average Cinema score. But if you look at the films. That have got an F Cinema Score, which I'm actually going to look up right now because a lot exactly. of them, Bird of a lot movie. of them I love. So yeah. let's see. Movie. Yeah, I used
2: to, yeah, I used to do that and go on like Rotten Tomatoes and look at scores and what's
1: good, and what's not. And you cannot follow it for the most part. Okay, 19 movies. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, Bug is a movie that got an F Cinema Score. I love that sure. movie. That's a anime, like, Disney movie, right? No, bug. Uh, Michael Shannon and Ashley Judd, they get locked inside of a hotel room and think that... Oh, uh, be... yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy movie. Uh, Killing Them Softly got an F Cinema score. I love that movie. The <laughs> Solaris, which me and Joel reviewed a few months ago. Pretty good movie. So, I mean, not all of them are good, but basically it's just anything It's People don't understand. Basically, I think. Yeah. I don't know.
2: And you definitely, I think, if you want to see a movie, see it. I wouldn't go by critics.
1: Yeah, uh, and at the same time, just because I like this movie a lot, doesn't mean yeah. I can't recommend it to everybody. Like I know, like I get it. If you don't like it, I get it. It's if you need. Like, an actual plot and a story to follow. Like, you got to go with the right expectations at the very least. Yeah. It's not that kind of movie. It's more like what you get out of it during and for after. Sure. And, I don't know, it's hard to talk about without you seeing yeah, it. Yeah,
2: people have, like,
1: different tastes and dramas. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other movie I watched was The House, the Will Ferrell comedy. The House with um, Amy Poehler is his wife and their kid got accepted into her dream like college i think it's harvard or something and and they have a scholarship but then the town rips the scholarship away so that they can build a, like a massive pool for the community or something <laughs> and so they decide to on their gambling addicts best friends advice start a casino in his basement to (laughs) raise the money.
2: I saw the the previews for this. I wanted to see it, too.
1: Um, (laughs) It's not good. No? No, it's stupid. I mean, I laughed just because it's so stupid, but... Yeah. I mean, Will Ferrell, he's really fallen off, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah, hit or miss, definitely. He's kind of gotten to that that stage of a comedian's career where he's so successful that he's just taking the money, just like... I'm sure he got paid well, you know. Yeah. But he's it, just kind of going through the motions. I mean, it has moments of being funny, but overall it's a pretty bad movie. Yeah, I've never been, been a big, very big Amy Poehler fan, anyway. Yeah, I haven't, I'm haven't. i not a big Saturday Night Live guy, so. Yeah. And I didn't really watch Parks and Rec either, so. i give it like a four and a half out of ten. It's pretty bad. Really? But you might like it. I don't
2: know. Oh, I forgot the score month vacation and him the degree.
1: Yeah, what vacation?
2: I'd probably give like a five and a half or six. That's fair. Maybe if you smoke a bunch of weed, you might laugh more.
1: <laughs> yeah, that always helps.
2: Yeah, but uh, give him the Greek for the comedy genre that it's in. I'd give it like a seven and a half, eight.
1: Yeah, I think those are fair scores for sure. Uh, a couple TV things, real quick. Uh have you heard about this show on Netflix American Vandal? I saw it. Everyone's yeah, saw talking about it. it. Everyone's talking about it. It's like this mockumentary play on like the serial podcast or making a murder like yeah. true crime, true crime story except it's like a high school kid doing this documentary about who spray painted the dicks on the <laughs> teachers cars, right? And funny concept very funny concept like you i laughed when i heard it or you know read about it or saw the opening to the show but this is eight 45 minute long episodes or 30 minute episodes or whatever and i watched the first episode and yeah the first 10 minutes it's pretty funny and then i felt like by the end of the first episode it kind of worn out like played itself out like it seemed yeah. like it would be a funny bit on Saturday Night Live or College Humor or, or something like. You can like only that. do some dick joke. <laughs> In this, I don't know. Maybe because I mean it's got a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and everyone I've heard talk about it loves it. So maybe I need to keep going, and it it does something. Yeah, maybe a different that I keep going. Yeah, yeah. But from what I saw, I don't understand it. Um, but people love it, so maybe check it out.
2: Have you watched any more of American Horror Story?
1: No, I haven't. I haven't
2: either. <laughs> I was interested in see if I should. Yeah, I don't like know. I said, a, I said before I'm a diehard American Horror Story yeah. fan, but I don't know if I could keep watching another season of Sarah Paulson being over the top all the
1: time. Yeah, I hear you. Um, maybe if I'm bored and out of stuff to watch, I'll watch another episode or two and let you know.
2: Yeah, I think it's on the third
1: episode. Yeah. I, pro- I probably will
2: watch it. Just See what happens because I mean, the other characters good good, yeah. I think it sounds but uh, I have a Peterson I like, but I don't know, it's fallen off heavily.
1: Yes, um, the other show I watched, Big Brother 19 finale, was, oh boy, was this week or was it last week? No, this week, who
2: won? Did Paul win?
1: Wait, you know about it?
2: Well, only because I watched Ryan Atwood on YouTube and his wife likes it Uh,
1: no, Paul did not win. He um, he dominated the whole season. He was the only returning player the whole time. Just like completely mind-fucked these people into doing whatever he said. <laughs> Literally, there was one competition where it was like six people, the last six or it was seven people left, but only six can compete for head of household. And they're, it's like a track and they're all lined up. It's a race, right? This guy, yeah. Paul, he freaking set it up so that they didn't run a single race. Um, one person threw it you know he convinced every single person to throw it to <coughs> a girl with a broken foot <laughs> this be who he was aligned Why? with How? who he was aligned with and could get her to do whatever he wanted like, uh, like uh, he controlled the game the whole time the only place he slipped up was jury management because the people left like thinking oh yeah Paul's the best I'll definitely vote for him like they got brainwashed. But then, in jury, they kind of all compared nerds. and sure. were
2: like jury manager. What's that? I like quickly explain how jury management Okay,
1: so 16 people. In, uh, I'll just say average season. 16 people in a house. At the end of the game, the final two and the nine jury members. So the first five people... Just go home. If they get voted out, they just go home back to their normal lives. After yeah. that starts the jury segment, which is the next nine people up to the final two who get voted out go to the jury house together. And those are the people that vote on the winner of the game.
2: So, And they're separate from the other people, right?
1: No, they're all in the same house. They don't
2: live in the same house?
1: They do. A different, oh, okay. a different house, but together. Yeah. Okay. And... uh So when you vote someone out, you have to think about, you know, um, do you want to blindside someone and piss them off so that they're mad at you and maybe they won't vote for you at the end? So your jury management is basically voting these people out but still having them like you enough that they're willing to vote for you in the end. And he did not do that good enough. Yeah, he probably should have won. I would have voted for him. He played a great game. He burned too many people. Yeah, he burned too many people, and that is a part of the game. So, the guy Josh, who was he was the guy who's banging pots and pans and getting into fights left and right, and crying like fighting with someone and then crying over and over and over again.
2: That's what sells on reality TV.
1: He was a great character. People hated him. Audience members hated him, but he won. I mean, I was happy for him. I thought it was hilarious because first of all, he's a super fan. He's super young. Seems like a good kid at heart, but uh, I just thought it was hilarious because Paul, he lost last season on a vote of five to four, where it was four to four going to the last vote, and then he lost. And wow. everyone thought he should have won. And then this season, same exact thing, four to four going into the last vote. No way. And he lost by one vote again. And the look on his face is like, "Oh man, I felt bad for him, but it was hilarious at the same time." <laughs>
2: Was the last, right? Like, somebody that he fucked
1: ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the guy that hated him so bad. <laughs> but he he hated both of the people in the final two, so it was like, eh, could have gone either way. But yeah. it was a terrible season because Paul was so good. Like, he made it boring because no one was, like, backstabbing each other because they were just doing whatever he said. So that's why it was kind of redeeming to have him lose in the end. Because you know he kind of screwed up the entertainment value, where it's usually like back and forth a little bit and people going against each other. But whatever. Yeah.
2: Um, God, you've been a fan for that for so long. since the
1: beginning, baby.
2: I mean, I remember ten, twelve years ago when internet sucked. You were watching like live, live feeds cams in the house.
1: Live feeds, yeah. Season six. That was thirteen years ago. Twelve years ago.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, this winter. You only got to wait a couple months. January, I think, Celebrity Big Brother, first time ever. Really? Yeah.
2: Maybe so, I'll watch it. We'll follow along with it. All right, cool. Yeah, it'll be... I was also going to say, I'm going to get movie pass. We'll see a movie together.
1: Yeah, if we can. See, that's the problem with me. I don't know. what. I have the family matters. So, oh, yeah. if we can, well, definitely. I,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll find out ahead. I'll drive up here.
1: Yeah. Most of the time, when I see a movie now, it's like, what sam's taking the kids out for a couple hours uh i'm gonna run to the movies real quick something like that but anyway (laughs) yeah yeah that would be cool and yeah celebrity big brother is gonna be a shorter season because you can't trap celebrities in a house for 100 days it'll probably be like four weeks or something
2: was it like november
1: i think it's january february oh okay so i'll let you know yeah i'll watch it with the review cool all right, uh, let's get to our final points and get out of here. What do you got for me, Brooks?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I was. I've actually just had a change of heart. it like I said, I watch guy uh, kind of Raymond Atwood on YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. It's like I don't hardly even watch cable TV or anything. I'm a big YouTube guy, and uh, there's a. It's crazy the culture of YouTube. Like, there's a lot of YouTube videos. But then there's like this culture of people that make a living and a very, very good living off of YouTube, vloggers and uh, reviewers and I mean there's you know there's all YouTube streamers granted,
1: you know? like uh, poker streamers.
2: No, I mean there's video everything.
1: game streamers.
2: You could literally find anything
1: you want on YouTube. Here's what I have experience with. Welcome to Ryan's toy review.
2: Oh, my God. And
1: surprise eggs, and people dressed up as superhero characters and doing these weird-ass stories. Do your kids watch it? Oh, yeah. We had to take YouTube away because it was, like, that's all they would want to do is watch these YouTube videos. And some of them it was, like, iffy, like, I don't know. So we took it away for now.
2: Brian's Brian's quote review for a while was the biggest channel on YouTube. It's crazy. And it's been exposed as, like, The parents pushing this on their kids
1: because they. Of course. (laughs) I mean,
2: they get millions, millions from it. Yeah. From Google AdSense.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a crazy culture. I mean, I mean, there's like some channels where they play it off be kids channels. They'll have like Spider-Man humping Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah. See, that's where it's like we can't just let them watch that stuff. Even when kids, you can't just YouTube's... let them
2: click away. It's insane.
1: Yeah, because, well, even there's an app called Kids YouTube where it's supposed to be, like, you know, to get rid of the, the bad stuff.
2: But yeah, yeah, I still but...
1: feel like you can't trust it 100%. Yeah, but
2: I mean, people disguise good yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: it's so weird.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. But there is a lot of, like, like you know who Logan Paul is? No. He's like, blonde haired kid who got big on Vine him and his brother Jake Paul and they switched to YouTube when Vine died I mean they're millionaires now they live in Los Angeles he's younger than me Logan is his younger brother is even younger than that I mean they're just millionaires and his younger brother Jake Paul lives in like Beverly Hills and just ransacks his house and he has all these people like 20 out of 24 hours a day he has like Twelve-year-old girls lined up along the whole street, just trying to get a look at them. And they got—I mean, they got kicked out of their house from it. It's just—it's like a the whole crazy. There's so much money in it for this Google AdSense. Yeah, like I feel like
1: usually, it's didn't crazy. They, didn't they just make some kind of change where they're not not making as much, and they're complaining about it or something?
2: Yeah, they're complaining about. Making two million opposed to five million. Yeah,
1: see, that's crazy. Because what, <laughs> what talent do you have? No, I don't know. I'm, they have not. They literally have not. I mean, who am I to say? I'm doing a movie podcast for so long, but I'm, well, I, I I don't just, have any ideas of making money. It's not
2: them. even the same realm. I mean, it's. I mean, this kid Jake Paul, his younger brother. Like I said, they got to the point where they were like, I mean, he has a like basically a two million dollar house in Beverly Hills, and they just started throwing couches in their pool and lighting them on fire just to have con- they, they're they content creators that's what they call themselves
1: right so basically and, it just it's just
2: it's ridiculous but I've like I said I've watched it for a while and like the guy Roman Atwood he's been around for he was like a, one of the guys that started like the prank stuff on YouTube and now he's he's changed as he's gotten older to be like a more family guy and just vlogs he has a huge house and he has like this, he just built this big lake in his backyard, and you've seen heavyweights with Ben Stiller, and yeah, They he built the big lake and put that big blob in his lake. And he's very uh, family-oriented and positive messages. And I don't know, some vloggers I watch I like, and there's a lot of just like clouded stuff on YouTube. It's it's getting to be really crazy to where it's. I mean, they make so much money. It's, and what I wanted to go into from this is, like, I had, I've had, i been watching. Uh, we have, like, Fires, uh, Rise of Fires cable. I've been watching that a little bit more and more. That's going to be, like, a that's going to die out. There's no oh, way. Oh, yeah. Out. It's, like, crazy.
1: I don't have cable.
2: Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't if, if I paid for it. I wouldn't have it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's, so it's stupid. just, like,
2: crazy. You could, like I said, I'm entertained plenty enough by YouTube and cable sucks. Like, I have a, a standard Verizon Fias box. There's HD boxes and standard boxes. I still have a standard box, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, if you go on demand, even on like on demand FX and TNT, you can watch like on demand movies. Well, they've changed it now where you cannot watch them in standard version you can only watch a movie on demand on, on like you can't watch the HD version on demand on your standard box but like if it comes on cable you can watch it yeah
1: they've, you know been, what I mean? they've gone through so many hoops like
2: the... but listen i mean okay go ahead zero dark 30 about a week and a half two weeks ago i watched zero dark 30 on demand I've seen it before, but it was only, it was one of the only movies I could find that still had a standard version. So I think like a day or two ago, I went back on and I'm looking for like an on demand movie to watch. And they all say new, new, new next to them. Like they just updated all their movies. They just took all the standard versions away. <laughs> I mean, I literally went to Zero Dark 30, which I had watched a week prior, and they took the standard version away. You couldn't even, I couldn't even watch it if I wanted to.
1: See, I hate all cable companies. The thing they do, like your boxes, you got to pay extra for HD. You got to pay extra for DVR. Yeah, I
2: mean, I would get an HD box if I didn't have to pay 40 or 50 bucks just to get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of exaggeration, but I see your point. And um, yeah, that's like you get a Fire Stick or a Roku, they're 30 bucks a pop, 30, 40 dollars a pop. You put one on each TV and you're good to go. Yeah. So, I just hate that. They try to fee charge you, like, microtransaction you to death.
2: Which... It really blew my mind when I first discovered that all these movies only had HD versions. There was a few of them that still had standard versions. And then, I had watched, like I said, I watched The Year of Dark Thirty. And, I'm, like, two days ago, I tried to look for another movie. There's not another movie on there. I think like uh, TBS is the only thing on demand that has standard. So now we have like two movies on. Because
1: they're device. trying to force you into upgrading and spending more money.
2: Yeah, just it. But
1: the fact that they
2: had, I'm just saying, Zero Dark Thirty because these is the example that I have. It's, I mean, I literally watched it a week and a half ago, and they put like new next to it with like the exclamation mark like, symbol, <laughs> and all they did was took the standard version away. It was like what the hell is going on here? Yeah, it's
1: shady, yo. Definitely. Shady.
2: But I, I just think, I think I'll just close this off with, I think cable TV is a dying breed, and I'm definitely a big YouTube, I get, of course I do get in these YouTube holes all the time, watching for days, and day, or hours and hours, and, but, it's, it's crazy, like, I was saying on our MMA podcast earlier, it's like, I'll be interested to see how this whole, uh, how, how the whole industry like transfers itself?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, speaking of MMA and YouTube, I think there's actually a nice pocket there for MMA, where like the MMA Hour and uh, Luke Thomas does good stuff on YouTube.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean,
1: I listen to the podcast versions, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, Gary in the MMA Hour—that's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. All right. So my final point. It's completely different direction. Just want to go over the uh, Emmy results from this past weekend. The best of TV, the Oscars for the television side. Just want to go over these results, see what you think. Give our opinions. Yeah. All right. Outstanding. I didn't watch the broadcast. I only looked at the, the results because I love the Oscars. I love watching the Oscars. I don't have that tradition with the Emmys. I just yeah. Googled the results the next day. Uh, Outstanding comedy series. The nominees were Atlanta, Blackish, Master of None, Modern Family, Silicon Valley, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. Well, I've only seen uh, Modern Family. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, uh, I've seen Atlanta and Master of None. Love them both. Wish either one of those would have won Outstanding Comedy Series, but instead Veep won for like the fifth year in a row or something like that, fourth or fifth year in a row. What is Veep? Is a comedy on HBO about the vice president played by Julia Louis Dreyfus from you know, Vice? Huh?
2: Mm-hmm. No, Veep. Oh, I thought you said it was about the vice president.
1: Vice president, yeah.
2: Oh, what? I thought you meant Shane Smith. <laughs> You know what I'm talking
1: about?
2: Nope. You know you know what Vice News is, right?
1: I've heard of it, but I've never watched it.
2: Well, Shane Smith is. Anyways.
1: Yeah. Well, Elaine from Seinfeld plays the vice president, and uh, it's funny. <laughs> Sounds like West Wing, and uh... oh no, it's a it's a complete satire. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, outstanding drama series. The nominees were Better Call Saul. The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. Please tell me Westworld 1. Mm, that probably would have been my vote as well, but no. Uh, I'm not mad at the winner. It's The Handmaid's Tale. Have you seen this on Hulu? I
2: have not.
1: That's uh, like an old school. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's a Margaret Atwood novel adaptation where it's like a future where <laughs> it's like a future where it kind of goes back to the past it's like back to the future like women have no rights they're just used as maids and like hosts for rich people's babies and it's a sick like world that has created but yeah yeah, it's it's a really good show. It's on Hulu. It's the first ever streaming service to have to win uh, best drama series. So that's a milestone.
2: I suppose. I mean, I've heard that a few times lately.
1: I'm just surprised like, it wasn't Netflix or Amazon. It was Hulu. Yeah, all. I was gonna say
2: Amazon won something like that lately.
1: Yeah, but I mean, for this is like the biggest prize of the night. This is basically like the best picture of the. Yeah, yeah of the award but uh yeah that's cool uh outstanding limited series yeah big little lies fargo feud genius which i've never heard of and the night of have you seen any of those nope. all right i see i saw big little lies fargo feud and the night of like them all big little lies one and that was probably my favorite of the bunch so congratulations Outstanding TV movie, Black Mirror episode called San Junipero won, which makes me very happy because I love Black Mirror and that is my favorite episode of that show. So congrats yet again. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series was Julia Le- Louis-Dreyfus for Veep. She won again. She's won a bunch of years in a row.
2: And Richard uh, Dreyfus, I way?
1: Daughter, I believe. She is Elaine from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. She's about
2: a patrillionaire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: Featured from
1: Yeah, she is. Because she always wears the the Oriole hats in Seinfeld. Uh, Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series was Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. I'm not a Saturday Night Live guy, so don't know if that's just... Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover for Atlanta. I love that. Love that show. He does a great job. I Gambino. <laughs> yes. Uh, supporting actor in a comedy series, Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live. Lead lead actress. As Donald Trump. As Donald Trump, yeah. Lead actress in drama series, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. Cool, cool. Supporting actress in a drama series, And out for *The Handmaid's Tale*. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series, Sterling K. Brown for *This Is Us*. Hey, he was in uh, *American Crime Story*. *People vs O.J.* I heard,
2: I heard *This Is Us* was very good.
1: Yeah, I have heard that too. I've never, I haven't watched it. I might have watched like half an episode or something, but yeah, I've heard good things. I probably should check it out. But he played the other lawyer, the like the assistant lawyer. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh... He's a great actor.
2: I forget the lawyer's name. It's yeah, they
1: yeah. kind of get the love interest with the your girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, John Lithgow won best supporting actor in a drama series for The Crown. Um, I think that's probably about it. There's a bunch of awards that. Uh... Yeah, I mean,
2: did uh, Stephen Colbert win anything or?
1: No, uh, Saturday Night Live won for Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. The Voice... I guess a late night Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver won Variety Talk Series. Oh, okay, cool. He's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And The Voice won Best Reality Show. Bullshit.
2: <laughs> Dude, I was, I've never... Have you ever watched American God, America's Got Talent or whatever? Um, I mean, a few episodes. I, I was this like, like I said, I was on YouTube earlier, and this girl, God, I, I, should know her name because I was watching videos of her all It's like twelve years old. She's a ventriloquist, and I mean, <laughs> insane. Like, just as good as Jeff Dunham. You know, Jeff Dunham is a ventriloquist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, probably way. I mean, he was better than him because she like has the puppets but she'll sing songs without moving her mouth and i'm when i say sing songs like fucking whitney houston sing songs <laughs> i mean it blew my mind i think it's it just crazy. ended she just won the whole series wow and if one of them i saw she i mean she had a puppet on each hand and did sang a song with two voices back it was i mean uh god I'm, I'm ashamed i don't remember her name but
1: so that's your vote for best reality series yeah, well, America got down winner that. I just watched an episode of uh American no Warrior, um what is it? Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior for the first time a couple weeks ago. It's a pretty fun show to watch.
2: Yeah.
1: It's cool. I
2: suppose. That's I like awesome. watching the Japanese version with the dubbed over.
1: Yeah, what was that show? It was on uh, Ninja Spike Warrior TV or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, they I mean...
2: Have all these crazy Japanese people that couldn't do anything if they wanted to. Not physically like that, you know what
1: I mean? Yeah. It's like... like um, I don't so. know, I could see how the show would get old. Because it was two hours, the same obstacle course over and over again. But Yeah,
2: that's what I mean. I liked like, the dub they were... Because it, it was like silly commentary. Yeah. Yeah,
1: oh yeah. It was pretty funny. Uh, Alright. My vote would be Survivor for best... Reality show. I can't believe it's still old. Wow. Hot take there. I
2: mean, what is the 20th season of it?
1: 30 35th coming up.
2: Holy crap.
1: On Wednesday. Can't wait. Best show on TV. It's the same host? Yep, Jeff Probst host. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's good stuff. You should watch it. You should watch this I season.
2: They still do the whole, like, jar, putting the votes in the jar.
1: Yeah. Hello.
2: I mean, I watched it like 15 years ago.
1: <laughs> Literally, that could be true. Yeah, you should watch the season. It starts on Wednesday. What channel? CBS. All right. All right. I'm I will, because I've
2: been watching a lot more cable TV.
1: Good. I'm excited. I'll remind you. All right, cool. All right, let's get out of here. You can follow us on Twitter at The Red Box Report. I'm on Twitter. At the Oil Report,
2: I'm on Twitter at Brooks Phelan.
1: Email us anything you want, literally anything. The Redbox Report at Yahoo.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, and we will see you next week when we review Wonder Woman.
2: Oh boy!
1: <laughs> Bye.